1: You're watching Global BC.
2: This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. Critics continue to hammer BC's so-called catch-and-release justice system as residents fear more random, violent stranger attacks. Premier John Horgan was forced to defend his government today while also agreeing more needs to be done. Richard Zussman has the details. Under fire
3: once again. And the results of this soft on crime approach are evident to anybody that's paying attention.
4: For the second straight day, the BC government under intense pressure to respond to what the opposition has coined the catch and release system, a surge in repeat offenses in the province's biggest cities with few repercussions.
3: Will this government admit that the catch and release program of the former attorney general is a failure and direct Crown counsel, prosecutors, to request the detention of prolific offenders who are terrorizing our community.
4: Attorney General Murray Rankin taking over the file only a few months ago, suggesting the province can't arrest its way out of the problem... And after taking just a few questions Wednesday, Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth swooping in to provide backup.
3: The report that was commissioned by experts such as Lepard and Butler, which again the leader of the opposition wants to derive, contains recommendations, recommendations
4: we are implementing. But it was the Premier also on the defensive, John Horgan speaking to the crime issue for the first time in weeks, saying his government is taking a multifaceted approach, reviewing the Police Act providing more resources for Crown and more mental
3: health supports, but not interfering as the opposition suggests they should. There has been no change in direction to the prosecution Service uh, for at least a decade, which would include two uh, different governments, uh, largely constrained by uh, federal precedent.
4: But it's back up on the streets the opposition insists the system needs. New B.C. Liberal M.L.A. and former RCMP officer Eleanor Sturco suggesting frontline police need to know those committing crimes and getting caught will be punished
5: jobs and nobody is more frustrated than police in this province because they're catching criminals and the NDP are releasing them. And even though the
4: signs of crime are becoming more visible, experts say it's not fair to blame the province's current bail system.
5: It is oversimplistic and misguided to put the frustration solely in the bail system and in the justice system.
4: But blame or no blame, the public is clear. They want those responsible for a rise in crime to pay the price. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
2: A man charged in a random attack last week that left a 19-year-old woman with head injuries is now wanted on a Canada-wide warrant. Police say tips from the public helped them identify 35-year-old Mohammed Majidpour, who is known to police. They say he's 5 feet 7 inches tall, about 150 pounds, with black hair, brown eyes, and often appears unshaven. Police say the victim was hit in the head with a large pole while walking to class near Dunsmuir and Camby Street.
6: She was able to take a, a photo of the suspect, or we were able to obtain a photo of the suspect, and we immediately put that photo out to the public. Lots of people came forward almost immediately to help us identify the suspect.
2: If you have any information on the whereabouts of Majidpour, you are asked not to approach him, call 911 instead. For the first time ever, the Vancouver Police Union is endorsing a mayoral candidate and it's not the incumbent. The union president says endorsing a better city candidate, Ken Sim, is not a decision the group took lightly. Questionnaires were sent to the political parties and mayoral candidates. The union looked at policy announcements and, earlier this week, held a candidates forum. Ralph Kaisers says the union's decision came down to a public safety issue. And Sim was the only one who says he'll hire more police officers.
3: I'm not happy with what I've seen happen to the city in the last number of years. Uh, it's probably the worst that it's ever been. And uh, we're going to do, I want to do uh, what's best for the city and what's best for the citizens of the city. And obviously with that, uh, assist our members in fighting crime and making this city as safe as it can be.
2: In response to critics who say the union should not endorse a candidate, Kaiser says the police department remains politically neutral, but unions across municipalities endorse candidates all the time. Homicide investigators have identified the man shot and killed Sunday night in Richmond. Police say Shamar Jack was killed in the 8,000 block of Sunnymead Crescent. He was one of two men shot. The other remains in hospital in critical condition. Police believe both were targeted as part of the ongoing Lower Mainland gang conflict. Investigators continue to canvass the area for witnesses and for video. They are asking anyone in that area who has a dash camera to check their footage because some cameras continue to record even after they're turned off. A Vancouver police officer who was convicted of sexually assaulting another officer was previously under investigation for similar behavior. And that victim's husband says that if it had been handled at the time, there's a chance the assault on his wife might have been prevented. As Catherine Urquhart reports, they also wonder why they weren't notified when the perpetrator was released.
7: Thanks for meeting us. The courts won't allow us to identify this man or his wife, a survivor of sexual assault. She's a member of the Vancouver Police Department, as was her attacker.
8: She's doing better. She's, um, you know, this has been extremely hard on our family. Um, it's been extremely hard on her.
7: His wife was assaulted in 2019 following a social gathering in Whistler with colleagues. After she had blacked out, Jagraj Roger Barrar performed a sex act on her. Earlier this year, he was convicted of sexual assault and sentenced to a year in jail. What do you have to say about that? Now Global News has confirmed another woman complained about Barrar following an incident in 2009. The Office of the Police Complaint Commissioner says a Police Act investigation found that he committed discreditable conduct when he inappropriately touched a civilian co-worker at a social event. Please note that while there was a criminal investigation into this matter, criminal charges were not approved. That incident was not reported to the OPCC until 2020.
8: Had they done their job at the time and dealt with the individual appropriately, either criminally or through through the police act, this individual may not have assaulted my wife.
7: Vancouver police say... Barrar was subject of an internal investigation in 2009 that was resolved in accordance with the VPD's harassment policy at the time. We asked the Office of the Police Complaint Commissioner to further investigate the matter in 2020 after learning of additional misconduct and criminal activity by Barrar, who has since been fired. It's unnerving. Also concerning, says the husband, they recently learned Barrar was paroled in August. BUT DUE TO A PAPERWORK ERROR BETWEEN AGENCIES, SHE WASN'T NOTIFIED. DID you know. SHE EXPECT TO BE NOTIFIED OF HIS RELEASE?
8: YEAH, WE WOULD HAVE THOUGHT SOMEBODY WOULD HAVE SAID SOMETHING TO US.
7: JAGRAJ BARRAR REMAINS THE SUBJECT OF A POLICE ACT INVESTIGATION RELATED TO THE SEXUAL ASSAULT. FOR THE SURVIVOR for AND HER FAMILY, QUESTIONS REMAIN UNANSWERED ABOUT BARRAR'S RELEASE AND PREVIOUS ALLEGATIONS AGAINST HIM. CATHERINE Urquhart. Global News.
2: Outrage over the scandal at Hockey Canada is growing tonight, fueled by controversial comments Tuesday by a Hockey Canada executive. As Aaron MacArthur reports, it's also sparking questions about what BC's top hockey organization should do.
6: A parade to the penalty box. Hockey Canada losing allies seemingly on an hourly basis. After a disastrous hearing on Parliament Hill... Hockey Quebec announcing it was cutting ties with the national organization. It will no longer send funding. $3 per player across every age group. Ontario followed closely behind Wednesday, sending a letter to the national organization asking it to stop collecting fees for this season. And then late Wednesday afternoon, Tim Hortons announcing it was suspending sponsorship of men's hockey programs, writing, we are deeply disappointed in the lack of progress that Hockey Canada has made to date.
9: It boggles the mind uh, that Hockey Canada is continuing to dig in its heels. It's no surprise uh, that provincial organizations are questioning whether or not they want to continue supporting an organization
6: that doesn't understand uh, how serious a situation it has contributed to causing. BC Hockey could only offer a statement Wednesday, writing, these matters require thoughtful and collaborative steps towards solutions for the betterment of all. It goes on to say, we are also closely monitoring the input and decisions of other members of Hockey Canada, including those of Hockey Quebec today.
1: Too much knee jerk
10: reactions. You know, everyone's got
1: to look good and do the right thing.
6: The provincial organization, though, facing growing pressure to take a stronger stand.
10: Withholding
5: funding for uh, Hockey Canada is a BC hockey decision. But if they want to make that decision, I fully support them.
6: Former President Bob Nicholson has been subpoenaed to appear before the committee investigating allegations of sexual assault and a cover-up by Hockey Canada. The scandal continuing to erode on a daily basis the trust of the grassroots membership. Aaron
2: MacArthur, Global News. In Surrey, mayoral candidate Doug McCallum and his Safe Surrey Coalition made a bold promise today, committing to freezing property taxes in Surrey for four years. Ahmad Agahi is live in Surrey with more on this. And Ahmad, critics are again questioning the plausibility of this plan, especially because of some of McCallum's infrastructure promises that would be expensive.
8: And Chris, at this point in the campaign, voters here in Surrey are sure familiar with the promises McCallum has made so far, including that 60,000-capacity stadium and that full-size indoor pool in Wally. And now, today, he and his party are announcing that Surrey taxpayers aren't necessarily uh, going to be footing the bill for those ambitious projects if he does uh, get re-elected. Today, Doug McCallum and his Safe Surrey Coalition uh, announcing that they plan to freeze the annual property tax increase in the city of surrey at 2.9 percent if they are elected this will be uh, a target for all four years of that term Uh, and he's saying that the relationship with senior levels of government will be the source of the funding that the city needs to uh, fund those major projects but mccallum's critics are not buying it mainly because in 2021, while the city property tax increase was capped at 2.9% on paper, a property owner saw a $200 increase in the flat rate parcel tax.
7: Well, in fact, we
2: will be looking at um, hiring more firemen and also more policemen. Um, but the money for our infrastructure, we have been working. Um, um, with province and the federal government to get money um, for some, most of this infrastructure.
5: Well, it's obviously more cheap electioneering by Doug McCallum. You know, if you go back to four years ago, you'll probably read the same thing from him, which he never delivered. The citizens of Surrey will not be fooled. We have never had 2.9% increase. We didn't before. We won't moving forward
8: i heard mccallum say instead of service cuts his campaign will promise the hiring of more police and more fire personnel now the question again where will he get the money for those promises and that question certainly going to be raised tonight at the mayoral debate happening here in the city of surrey
2: no doubt it will thanks very much ahmad buses will be returning to the streets of colonna tomorrow morning bc transit drivers spent the morning off work after talks between their union and employer broke down. Their one-day job action parked all but essential services, leaving hundreds of commuters and other transit users stranded. But behind the scenes, there was a breakthrough, with both sides agreeing to binding arbitration. That means buses will return to Kelowna streets at the start of service on Thursday morning. All right, we have some breaking news for you now. It involves traffic on the Vancouver-Burnaby border. Take a look at this live shot from Global One where a tandem dump truck carrying soil flipped over on uh, Grandview Highway and Boundary Road. And as you can see, it's creating a huge mess. The fire department tells us the driver was taken away with minor injuries. It's now a big cleanup operation. And as you can see, traffic is deeply impacted. If there are any other updates, we'll bring them to you during the course of the news hour. But that looks bad. Stay away from Grandview at Boundary if you can. All right, coming up, imagine your social media account was wiped off the face of the earth. It just
11: disappeared. It evaporated into thin air.
2: It happened to this PR professional who used Instagram for business. When she couldn't get an answer to explain why, she reached out to Consumer Matters for help. And that's next on the News Hour. A scary shortage of Halloween supplies and what you can do about it coming up on the News Hour. And later in sports, the football fumble free-for-all. What really happens at the bottom of that pile coming up a little later. Right now, though, a Vancouver small business owner is warning others tonight after her Instagram account was unexpectedly shut down. She reached out to the social media giant for help. But the response was not what she expected. And after her account was disabled for weeks, she turned to Consumer Matters for help. And Andrea joins us
11: now with more. Ann. Thanks, Chris. Naz Taylor says she had just posted content to her Instagram account when it vanished. For weeks, she tried to get her account back with no success. But some social media experts say they aren't surprised by the company's response. Public relations is not the same thing as marketing. As a public relations consultant, Naz Taylor knows the importance of connecting with clients. She uses Instagram as a tool to help market her business. So when the social networking platform suddenly disabled her account without warning, Naz says she was shocked. And it just... Disappeared it evaporated into thin air. Ness says her Instagram trouble started when she was uploading content She had responded to one of her followers comments when suddenly she was logged out of her account I got a notification that said there's been a community guideline violation if this is a mistake hit mistake, so I tap, I hit the tab that said error And they said, great, we'll get back to you. But even after filling out the necessary forms and following instructions to take a picture of herself with a code for verification purposes, Naz says she was met with silence. If I had unknowingly done something that was against the guidelines, then tell me. Consumer Matters reached out to Meta, the parent company of Instagram on Naz's behalf, asking about her account and why it was shut down. The next day her account was back up. Thank you for getting my account back. Meta stating, our team reviewed the account and determined that it was disabled incorrectly. We've restored the account and apologize for the mistake. So my account got deleted accidentally and nobody cared, like nobody reached out. Nobody until you reached out to them. Meta never explained why Naz was ignored, but some social media experts say they're not surprised by her experience.
9: We're not going to see an NHL team uh, try and figure out uh, for a couple of days why, why their account went dark. They're going to have a liaison who's working with them.
11: It's why small business accounts and users in general, experts say, need to understand the risks associated with a free platform like Instagram.
9: Really, at the end of the day, they collect your data, they sell your data, and when it comes down to it, yes, you might have customers there, but your customers really are going to value where they can get in touch with you directly. And if that's something you value in your business, you shouldn't put a lot of effort and care into a business that's not going to do that for you.
11: Naz says while she's happy Meta admitted its mistake, she wants people to know when it comes to platforms like Instagram, it's user beware. I felt like nobody cared. Also, some social media experts say when it comes to these types of social networking platforms, you need to ask yourself how much time and effort do you want to invest and what is the risk-reward? Again, it's user beware. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters@globalnews.ca.
2: Good work. Again, thanks very much, Anne. Just ahead, addressing the critical shortage of nurses. Why do we have waitlists in nursing schools? their rally for more resources and whether provincial incentives are working coming up and spotting the symptoms of covid new research shows this virus is a bit of a moving target
0: good evening and a big cleanup underway here on the vancouver burnaby border where a tandem dump truck lost part of its load at grandview highway and boundary traffic is down to one lane east and two lanes west heavily backed up throughout the entire area Today's Lotto 649 gold ball jackpot is $22 million, plus the classic $5 million jackpot, two jackpots on every draw. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above a major crash in Burnaby.
2: Hundreds of nurses rallied in downtown Vancouver today to send a message to the provincial government. They're in town as part of a two-day session to prepare for upcoming contract negotiations. The union representatives say their working conditions are deteriorating and they point to emergency room closures, long wait lists and understaffed long-term care facilities as evidence of a system in crisis.
5: They need to open up more seats in the nursing schools. Why do we have wait lists in nursing schools? We shouldn't when we're in a staffing crisis. We are needing 26,000 new nurses by 2031 and we have 4,265 vacancies in nursing positions as of this past spring.
2: The province says it is increasing the number of nursing positions in universities and recruiting more staff internationally, but the BCNU says that does nothing to offer immediate help. Now, the health care crisis in this province is being felt across the board. One in five British Columbians, that's about a million people, are still looking for a family doctor. In the summer, the province announced cash incentives to encourage medical students to stay in BC, hoping that would alleviate the problem. Keith Baldry joins us now with an update now on how that's working out. Keith, you've got some early numbers.
3: Yeah, it's actually working out better than I think a lot of people expected. slow to begin with. For weeks, no one was signing contracts in this, but now we have an avalanche of new graduated students who are going into family practice. Uh, Here are the numbers. 54 have already signed contracts. 60 of them are in negotiations. And here's the details. About almost $300,000 annual salary. No fee-for-service, just a straight salary. $25,000 signing bonus. Uh, Medical training debt forgiveness, the amount of $50,000 in the first year, and potentially $80,000 over the next four years and $75,000 to cover overhead costs. Health Minister Adrian Dix says basically good news on the family doctor front when I to talk to him today. Many young doctors were not choosing full-service family practice so this was an incentive to bring people into need of practice while we worked out the fundamental issues with the doctors of BC. This is great news for patients and we hope When people start in full-service family practice, they'll continue to do that work for a long time, of course, and provide care for patients uh, for a long period to come.
2: Okay, Keith, parallel to that but separate is the plan that was announced for existing family Mm. doctors and the province offering some help to them to cover overhead costs. Any update on that program?
3: Yeah, that's $118 million uh, over between now and the end of January, just a temporary short-term uh, program, about $25,000 per family physician. Uh, the uptake has been uh, we'll expected to be quite good over the next few months. And again, all these things are gonna change, Chris, because the master agreement between the doctors of EC and the province is being renegotiated for the first time in about a decade. So the whole model's gonna change, the fee-for-service is gonna be uh, lower in numbers and sort of incentives are gonna be built into this as well. So these are all short-term projects with the expectation that a lot of this is going to be incorporated into the new Agreement. And I'm told they're making good progress on that front.
2: All right, let's hope that it's an improvement for doctors and for patients out there looking for doctors. Thanks a lot, Keith.
3: Coming up, a man who
2: says he paid a heavy price for standing up to COVID conspiracy theorists.
12: This is from where my head uh, was struck onto the uh, pavement.
2: What happened when Global News showed up to cover this story? And new research shows the most common symptom that indicates COVID. What to look out for next.
0: Good evening, traffic is steady in both directions tonight over here at the Alex Fraser Ridge, where there is a bit of leftover traffic is on the east-west connector eastbound between Knight and the S curve. The drive into fall event is on now. Take on any tough jobs this season with the powerful new 2022 Chevrolet Silverado 1500. Visit your local Chevrolet dealer today. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge.
2: A group of COVID-19 protesters have been gathering near a Vernon intersection most Saturdays for months. And among them is a man dedicated to debunking their pandemic conspiracy theories. That man says everything changed this week when he was beaten up, and as Megan Turcato reports, police are now investigating.
5: Corey Zebek has been regularly counter-protesting at demonstrations against COVID restrictions at this busy Vernon intersection.
12: I think that what we need to do is, is to bring some recent discussion out and uh, try to make things better.
5: But this past Saturday, he wound up with injuries after he says a confrontation turned physical.
12: This is from where my head uh, was struck onto the uh, pavement and here's where I was uh, hit. I don't know whether it was fists or elbows or what it was.
5: That was the end result. On how it started, Zepic describes the interaction really escalating when someone who had already damaged some of his signs tried to spray paint another one. And Zepic says he twice pulled him back.
12: When I did that, I started to realize that I had a bit of a bull on me. And then at that point in time, he started trying to lash out at me and I was just trying to stay behind him and hold on to him.
5: Zepic said at some point they both
12: toppled. I was underneath and that was when I felt him with his hand take this side of my head and smash this side of my head into the pavement. I was really quite dazed and he started hammering on me so I reached up and I tried to push him away. With uh, put my hand on his face to push him away.
5: While Zepik was sharing his story with Global News, the interview was interrupted. I got pushed
1: did you tell once. You you blow air horns in old lady's faces? <sighs> Hello? Did I tell you about that part?
12: I did not blow an air horn. You yeah, yeah, oh,
3: got a blue canister and you're walking around blowing it in old ladies' faces. This was self defense. He attacked somebody and was on them.
5: That allegation that Zepic was the aggressor was also made by an anti-vaccine demonstrator who says he witnessed part of the interaction.
8: He attacked the other guy first. He, 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 like he attacked him, he charged him.
5: Zepic denied he was the aggressor and says his air horn was always pointed at traffic.
12: That's uh, quite a fabrication. It's a quite an interesting and elaborate lie.
5: Vernon RCMP have confirmed they responded to a report of a fight in progress here on Saturday afternoon and a 52-year-old man, not Zepik, was arrested but released shortly afterwards. Police say they have not recommended charges against anyone at this point pending the outcome of an ongoing investigation. Megan Turcato, Global News, Vernon.
2: Dozens of students at Simon Fraser University stood in solidarity with Iranian students on campus today. Today's demonstration in Burnaby comes after Iranian forces clashed with students at a university in Tehran over the weekend. Iran has been working to clamp down on daily anti-government protests, which started after Massa Amini's funeral a few weeks ago. She was arrested by Iran's morality police and later died in hospital. It is the biggest show of opposition to Iran's authorities in years, with organizers of the SFU rally saying they feel optimistic.
13: This time we are all hopeful that something changed uh, and uh, that's why you are seeing a, a, angry but a lot of hopeful faces here, not only here, as I said, few that we are gathering but any, any places around the, uh, around the globe.
2: Late last week, Amnesty International reported hundreds have been injured and thousands have been arrested during those protests in Iran. Health officials are worried that thousands of people could be spreading COVID-19 without knowing it because the symptoms are changing. Krista Dow has an update including the most common symptom by far. It
5: was like getting a bad flu for a week.
10: I only had a fever and that's it. Rashes, I got rashes. So yeah, rashes is a symptom too. After more than two years of the pandemic, it isn't hard to find people who've recovered from covid and eager to share their experience.
12: You can have sore throat, you can have fever.
10: Tiredness, weakness. be loss of smell, loss of um, taste. Now some of those symptoms that we've come to know becoming less common.
14: We used to
9: ask people, can you smell, can you taste uh, well? Uh, and early on, the cases of COVID that I was seeing, most people had problems in that regard. Uh, in the last few months, I, I haven't seen it.
10: The BC Centre for Disease Control currently lists 13 possible COVID-19 symptoms to watch out for. But new research out of the UK shows a sore throat is by far the most common, appearing as the first symptom in two-thirds of cases. The latest information now indicates fever and loss of smell or taste are rare. Some new symptoms being reported include a blocked or runny nose, along with joint pain and gastrointestinal issues.
9: People are coming in, they have a cough, they feel generally unwell.
10: Factors like vaccinations and natural immunity from COVID infections contributing to milder symptoms, according to experts. People's symptoms are modified by the fact that people, so many people have either had a prior infection, but so many people have some protection from vaccination. A new report by BC's COVID Modeling Group suggests about 75% of Canadians have been infected with COVID whether they knew it or not. And with this new range of symptoms, officials again reminding people to monitor themselves. So if it's an optional thing like going out to a party um, and you've, you've got some symptoms, you can use the test or you may need to take that option of, of staying away. Acknowledging that everyone reacts differently.
12: Because we all have different immune systems, right? can be light on you and heavy on me.
10: Krista Dow, Global News.
2: Coming up, Halloween's most frightening trend.
11: Everybody's just kind of stir crazy. Why,
2: well, you might want to get your shopping done early. But first, a rare fall air quality advisory. We'll tell you where. It is definitely out of the ordinary to hear about an air quality advisory at this time of the year, but the wildfires in the province are creating difficult breathing conditions for some people. And as Grace Key reports, residents in the eastern Fraser Valley are particularly at risk.
15: You can see the smoke-filled air that's been blanketing Metro Vancouver. An air quality advisory has been issued for the eastern Fraser Valley, affecting several municipalities, including Agassiz, Chilliwack and Hope. The good news, it's gotten a little better with the wind.
13: It took away some of the smoke uh, from the local wildfires. Uh, However, the winds were very light. So, and they were not strong enough to clear out the smoke entirely. So, we're probably going to observe some smoky, hazy conditions for maybe a day or two.
15: Wildfire is burning near Chilliwack Lake, Hope, and in Washington State. High humidity and low winds are contributing to the conditions. The wildfire at Minnecata Regional Park is now being held, but locals have been hit with the smoke over the past few days.
2: We overlook of the valley and that sort of thing. And we've seen the first day when it happened out there and you can see the smoke coming out and then it just got a little worse and worse and worse. And now it's starting to at least clear out with the wind and that sort of thing. Eh?
15: It's been an unusually dry, hot October, leaving some wondering why the campfire ban was lifted a couple of weeks ago in the Coastal Fire Centre region.
0: So it's done based on, on local conditions, on you know, what, kind of, what the weather forecast is for those local conditions and, and things like that. And I think it's important to, to acknowledge that uh, right now there there's substantially less fires starting than there was in August, for instance. So, but those decisions are made by BC Wildfire Service professionals.
7: There's not as much daylight, right? So um, there's not as much time for fires to kind of get up and go, so to speak. Um, We're also seeing much cooler temperatures and a lot more kind of um, humidity overnight right now, which is also really tempering fire behavior.
15: According to the Air Quality Health Index, the eastern Fraser Valley is ranked at a four moderate risk, meaning there's no need to modify outdoor activities unless you're experiencing symptoms. The smoke should be clearing out in the next few days. Grace Key, Global News.
2: All right, uh, we're gonna be back with Squire Barnes, a look at the Canucks out in Abbotsford tonight. Also coming up, the horror of supply chain issues, making this a tricky Halloween. Stick around. Before we get to Squire, Yvonne is in with a look at the weather forecast. We talked about that haze earlier and now record heat again.
14: Yeah, we had some hot spots today. Uh, Lytton was included within that, getting up to 26.6, old record back in 2014. Areas near Pemberton and Lillooet also getting up to 26 degrees. Port Alberni included within that. And unofficially, these are some numbers, but just to give you an idea, even Whistler getting up to 23.4. A few other spots across the province through the day today. We did see the heat, so we saw that with Lillooet and Lytton. Kamloops today even getting up to to 25 degrees, and we are going to continue to see the stretch of heat leading into the next few days. Hazy out there, we can see that from the tower cam. We're currently sitting at 16 degrees. We've got a northwesterly wind at 6 kilometres per hour. The haze is going to turn into fog this evening. Overnight, we'll dip down to 13, a touch cooler as we get into the evening hours, and then through the day tomorrow, haze once again, but warming up 20 away from the water. It'll be closer to 25 degrees. A reminder, we've got drought and the fire danger rating. The northeastern corners and a few spots towards the southern still flirting anywhere between high and we have a few areas spotty at extreme. We are going to see this ridge of high pressure. This should be loading but it is going to build and strengthen in the coming days. It looks like our forecast isn't showing that but what we're going to see is tracking it in towards the end of the weekend then a change on the way as we get in towards our Monday. We'll see those temperatures into the upper 20s. For the interior it will be into the low 20s. So we are going to see a dry one through the day especially for most areas along the coast. Central interior we'll see temperatures getting closer to 20 degrees and still hot and sunny for the southern half. Hazy along the south coast. We will still see some fog for the morning hours away from the water up to 25 degrees. Humidex feeling closer to 28. It's Monday, still a few days out. We could see the potential for change on the way and the chance of showers moving it across the region. A gorgeous sunrise. This is the weather window that was captured in Roslyn. So thank you so much, Paul. Chris?
2: Beautiful shot. And thanks, Paul, for sending that in. Thank you very much, Yvonne. All right, Squires here now with look at
9: sports. We've got hockey tonight. We've got hockey tonight. We have it in Abbotsford, though. Yeah. It's not the Abbotsford Canucks. It's the <laughs> Vancouver Canucks who are in Abbotsford uh, for an exhibition game. And it looks like fans are going to get a fairly good look at what is essentially an NHL roster for the Canucks. Pettersson, Hughes, Miller, Horvath are all expecting to play. I think Spencer Martin's going to be in goal. I don't think you'll see Demko, though. The uh, Oilers, who were in Harrison yesterday on a team-building exercise, are going uh, to also give fans in Abbotsford a close up look at the best player in the world. This is warm up, and there's number 97. Connor McDavid's going to play this one. The Oilers had pretty much a full NHL team when they played the Canucks on Monday, and the Canucks basically had the Abbotsford Canucks that night. Edmonton is a little less of an NHL lineup for this one, but they do have 97. It's a sellout in Abbey. Should be fun for everybody there. Well, the uh, human equivalent to throwing raw meat into the middle of a pack of wolves is when a football is fumbled in the middle of a game. While it might look comical to us, watching these big men trying to pick up this little ball all at once, to them, it's where the rules of the game go out the window. It's often a case of do whatever it takes to get the ball. Because of that, players really celebrate when they get the football because it's like they just survived and won a version of Mortal Combat.
3: It's the one play in football you can't game plan
12: or scheme for.
9: Fumbles the ball, looks
12: like BC has it. Literally is a mad scramble. We, funny enough, we practice that definitely in training camp, but we can't practice
6: it live, obviously, because you risk injuring people. Chaos is, is the right word, actually, because, uh, yeah, at this point, it's, it's everybody is going for the ball, right? Like, we all got responsibilities. Uh, X and O's on the like on, on, a, on a regular play, but as soon as you see the ball hit the ground or whatever, it's everybody is gone, out the window, and it's go get the ball as soon as possible. Lions need a touchdown. They need to hang on to the ball.
3: Finding the football and then hanging on to it takes more than you realize because what happens underneath and inside this football dogpile of humanity is often more savage then human.
2: It gets wild in there. I mean, there, there's some stuff that happens. I, I don't know if the camera catches everything, but there's about, you know, 12 dudes piled on each other. And I don't think you can see what's happening on the bottom, but let's just say everyone's reaching for the ball. You know,
3: once you're down there, it's guys are jumping on you guys are punching at you, grabbing in your face mask, trying to pinch you or pull. And it's it's a lot that goes on down there. It's it's rough. I, I've had people try to gouge my eyes and grab my neck and all types of things have you had things grabbed
8: that shouldn't be grabbed in there because we can't see so you tell us it gets crazy in there yeah (laughs) yes
2: second and five of the winnipeg 17
6: it's bobbled off
3: the snap now you'd think when a fumble occurs all technique goes out the window as the gridiron chaos ensues to get possession of the football yes and no it really depends on who's in the hunt and where the ball is bouncing and you're just trying to relocate the ball and jump on it as fast as you can. I mean, it's sort of slow mo. You just you find out where it is and you jump on it, and
2: then it's just get your big body on top of it and try to hold on to it because people are ripping it out and stuff.
6: You can't just fall on it because you're gonna you know knock the wind out of yourself, and the ball could just squirt out. So you gotta fall next to the ball and cradle in like a baby next to you, and then just hold it tight like like a like a backpack, like a little kid holding a backpack.
3: To make that play, is it a different kind of adrenaline rush?
6: Absolutely. When you come up with the ball, you got to show everybody you got it. You got to put your hand up. And then the whole team is like, oh, he a dog. He got it from everybody else. Really, you just got to a first. So you just got lucky, kind of.
9: Tomorrow, the Vancouver Whitecaps are going to announce a new general manager of women's soccer. And it's going to be former Canadian goalkeeper Stephanie Labbe, who uh, won a gold medal with Canada at the 2020 Olympics. She retired from the national team earlier this year. She's an excellent choice. I want to show you this from tonight. Columbus FC's Lucas Zellerion. Look at this. Almost from center. The free kick is in. Because Charlotte keeper Christian Kalina wasn't really paying attention and was too far away from the net. And that is the perfect shot. If you're wondering, the game ended 2-2. If you had money on it or something. All right. Manchester City, FC Copenhagen, and the Norwegian nightmare. Erling Haaland, scored two more. This guy has 19 goals in all competitions so far this season. A scoring machine. Right place, right time, knocks that one in. Easy win for Man City. Uh, Blue Jays in Seattle, of course, are gonna start the playoffs Friday in Toronto. It's a best of three. It's too bad they didn't meet each other later in the playoffs because then it would have been a best of five or a best of seven and there would have been games down the road in Seattle. It would have been fun. But the uh, game one is one o'clock hour time on Friday. I should say the best thing about this for BC baseball fans is you can't lose. It's Canada's only baseball team against the team you can drive and <laughs> see in three hours. There's so, no
2: wrong choice.
9: Well, I mean, I think more Blue Jay fans exist, but if they should lose to Seattle, then you can cheer for Seattle.
2: Yeah, yeah, for right. sure. Drag that game is at one o'clock though when you and I are supposed to be working at that time. Well,
9: we can keep one eye on our computer screen. As we, as we Actually, call. know what? No, no, it's my job to watch baseball. Yeah, so. you're
2: lucky in that respect. Yeah, All right, thanks very much, Squire. Coming up, the trick to finding a treat at your local Halloween store this year. Jordan Armstrong is here now
1: with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan. Chris, who wants to be a Surrey mayor? Not a game show, but an actual debate happening right now between most of the main candidates. There is one very noticeable absence at the debate table, and we'll tell you more at 11. And we're keeping an eye on eastbound Grandview Highway at Boundary and the cleanup underway there. As you've been hearing and seeing, a dump truck lost a load of dirt. Looks like four vehicles ended up colliding. We're hearing nobody's been seriously hurt but traffic is obviously a mess. Join us tonight for Global News at 11. Chris.
2: Will do also. Thank you very much, Jordan. Horror movies and spooky decorations might not be the only scary part about this Halloween season. Experts are warning people not to wait to the last minute to get items like candy and costumes. Global's Katrina Squazin has more on the factors that might impact supply.
15: We all float down here.
1: Yes, we do.
13: Kathy Blondo, owner of KNC Costumes in Peterborough, is ready for the Halloween season, and she says
11: her customers are as well. Even people who normally uh, maybe wouldn't be excited, they are this year because it's been so long. Like, everybody's just kind of stir-crazy.
13: This will be the first normal Halloween since 2019, with many kids not taking part in traditions like dressing up or trick-or-treating the last two years due to COVID. But it's not just children looking forward to all the fun. there was been Halloween
11: parties the last two weekends, actually. So, plus this year, too. um, I find this happens sometimes, and that is uh, weddings, uh, where they have a dress-up wedding. I usually have... At least one every year where somebody's doing that. I've already had four.
13: Blondo says the top costumes for kids this year are anime and Marvel characters. Something she prepared for. And while getting your hands on an outfit early isn't a new concept, it's certainly something people want to seriously consider this year.
1: I think people should probably shop earlier than normal because we may have a unique alignment of a couple of factors. One is that we're probably gonna have high demand this Halloween because it's the first Halloween in three where, you know, the pandemic isn't really, isn't as much of a factor. And I would imagine that kids are gonna go out and people are gonna celebrate it at parties a lot more than normal.
13: That also applies to candy. If you want to be known as the best house on the block, you may not want to wait last minute to buy that box of chocolate or chips.
1: Some of the manufacturers in the candy space have signaled that they didn't have as much capacity available for their factories because they were busy selling their non-seasonal merchandise, their non-seasonal candies, because non-seasonal candies have accelerated in demand during the pandemic. People are staying at home more. They're munching more on snacks.
13: So if you want to avoid an extra scare at the store this Halloween season, it's best to think ahead. Katrina Squazin, Global News. There's um, Oh, yeah. sorry.
2: sorry. Well, it's all right, yeah. No, Hard we're having discussion. a debate. We're having a debate about our favourite Halloween candy. And I went with Wonder Bar, but the peanut butter cup is maybe
9: But you know what? If, if somebody was giving out full chocolate bars, not the little ones...
14: That was and the, the house word devoted. got
9: out, that house was besieged yeah, that by was kids. The one. Yeah. What was your favourite, Yvonne?
14: I went with the Twix on this one too. Twix, you Twix anything this. peanut butter, all good.
2: It's all good. I'll, can't wait. Alright, uh, last word on weather before we go.
14: Uh, we've got hazy conditions uh, once again for tomorrow. A bit of fog actually in the mix just for the morning hours. And a heads up, it's going to be even warmer through the day tomorrow. Away from the water, 25. Humidex feeling closer to 28 degrees. Warm so far on the weekend. It's still a few days out, but we could see a bit of a blip in the change in the forecast by our Monday.
2: Let's hope so, because it's starting to get weird. We're way past weird. It's going to
14: be sunny for Halloween. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah, let's hope. All right, (laughs) thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great night.